Let's get into it. What's up? Thanks for coming back. Steve G. Ridiculous. This was what I call Act 2 in a three-part finale. I consider that the finale of The Mandalorian Season 2 started back on Episode 14 when they were on Tython. That was the sort of emotional setup to it. This was the heist act. And then after this will come uh, the finale or the climax. And so this episode didn't have a lot to it. It was pinpoint accurate because you knew where they were headed. You knew what the job was. They had to go get Mayfield. Mayfield, 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 Mayfield. They picked him up, got him on the ship, bounced. So this one was really in the details, the interactions between characters, and Bill Burr brought some weight to the role. It wasn't all just jokey jokes and wisecracks, which was intense, and I liked it. I liked it because he did some things that really kind of set the emotional tone for the entire crew. So let's kick it off. They've got, they go straight to the pickup. Cara Dune is doing her thing in this heist. She's the insider who can get somebody out of jail. They go uh, to the chop fields, which was like many thought, kind of a salvage yard, you know, hard labor salvage yard. Uh, at first, I thought that the droid was K2SO or that type of droid, a converted Imperial Protocol droid. That interaction between Mayfeld and and the 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 droid overlord uh, was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Cardoon shows up, uh, and uh, they they're walking back to Slave One. Boba has new paint, like they got in and did a little arts and crafts on the on slave one in the in the bay repaired his armor a little bit got it spruced and spiffed up loving the new matte paint job but you know that disney needed to do that because they're gonna sell you the toys well i take that back lucas is gonna sell you the toys boba new paint dig it i love the quip that he says uh i thought you were the other guy and the other guy walks off the ship but that sets up something later on that interaction, that contentious interaction, Mayfeld turned on Mando and tried to basically rob him, get him, you know, set him up for the doulo um, back in season one. You can tell it on his face. He plays it just that way. He's guilty. He's like, uh, hey, Mando, like, we, ain't, we don't have any beef, right? Like, go easy on me. Skip to the planet that they have to go to. Where did they have to go to? I'll have to look that one up too. Insert here. They get to this planet and obviously the Empire is still stripping worlds for their resources. That's a, that's a point of contention. It comes up again as the motif here of in war, in battle, everybody kind of loses themselves. And you find yourself picking a side but not necessarily wholeheartedly believing in the side that you're on. And sometimes you're forced 
into that side. You know, you're, you're press ganged into choosing a side and that binary choice puts you on opposites where in the middle, in the gray area, there are just regular folks. And you can tell that as they're driving this massive transport, as their cover to get into the base, that this is weighing heavily on Mayfield. He's a former Imperial sharpshooter, but they, they, they continue to make subtle hints to the fact that he wasn't exactly there by his own choice, or he wasn't a fully formed, dyed-in-the-wool Imperial. I like the interaction between Din and Boba um, when, when they're below the deck and Boba's flying and he calls him Fett. Like, that caught me off guard. That I thought that was real cool. He's like, Fett, pl- punching the coordinates for it. And I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. So this transport that they have to drive is loaded very similarly to um, what we saw in Solo. In Solo, it was coaxium. In this one, I have to put the name on the screen again. I'm forgetting the details of what they were transporting. But it, it, it's, it's not integral to the plot except for as the device that can end them all. Because these transports start exploding all over the place as they're calling them back to base. This is really right straight out of Solo. Um, and what they what they saw with Emphis Nest and uh, that character's marauders, the pirates. Well, they have pirates, and the pirates are attacking this load of fuel. Now, I don't know if they're freedom fighters, if they're doing it for similar reasons as we saw in Solo. It could be black market, but they're destroying these things. They're hijacking these things. It's highly volatile fuel. And so... Um, there's where Mando has to to get into action. Now, part of the deal here is that Mando has to get rid of his armor because Mando, Din Djarin can't be seen. He's iconic at this point. Uh, and shiny Beskar is, as we've seen, it's a magnet for trouble. So in order to sneak into this base, he and Mayfeld have to basically, like a heist flick, this is a heist movie, uh, they have to assume the personality or the roles of an insider. So they've got to get these uniforms. They're going to be driving this transport. They hijack it. They go. In dealing with the marauders, in dealing with these, these pirates and bandits, Mando's doing a great job. His hand-to-hand is nice. He's a warrior. But you can see how integral his armor is to his fighting style. Um, Mandalorians are obviously famous for their armor. However, they use their armor as their personage. So when he blocked Ahsoka's lightsabers, that was something he did reflexively without worrying about whether or not it would hurt him. His, his, his uh, gauntlets were meant for that purpose, so he didn't even have to hesitate. Similarly here, his armor is part of his fighting style, and you see that he's kind of lulled into the fact that he's wearing armor, but it's nowhere near as good as his Beskar. And so he takes a couple shots to the arms that really do kind of lay him down. And uh, But he does his thing. He handles it well. 
Um, but you can hear him groan as he gets back into the transport. This was a Stormtrooper episode. This was a, a an insider's look at the Empire as an episode, and, and it was something we have never really seen before. We've seen on the decks of ships, we've seen Vader, we've seen Tarkin, we've seen Gideon, we've seen uh, the Emperor, we've seen the shiny, uh, powerful, marquee version of the Empire in movies. But we've never seen the boots on the ground, gritty, dirty, you know, these are just regular people who got pressed into this side of the war. That was really interesting. It was really intriguing because they're all just folks, you know? And Mayfeld says that. He says, you know, we all got to sleep later in the episode. He says, you know, we all got to sleep at night or you know, he alludes to the fact that some of these people on this side of the war are just trying to survive. They got families. They're sending money home. They're doing whatever they have to. War is not clean. War is not as binary as the framework would tell you. So that I, I found that very, very interesting. I found that um, really intriguing to see that side as they're getting away from the bandits we're happy to see the stormtroopers come out over to the bridge and start laying down some cover fire. I found myself cheering for Imperials. Wow, that's crazy. Um, and then as they're driving in, these guys are like heroes because these transports have been blown up. And like any side, like any team, you're rooting for your team. Even if you're not a thousand percent bought into the cause you're rooting for the people on your side of that cause or of that conflict and so you see the stormtroopers start saluting them and it's weird we've never seen honor in the empire we've never seen that kind of respect we've seen servitude and we've seen power and control but we've never really seen honor on that side. And these guys are honoring their comrades by saying, job well done. This was crazy. You guys did it. Well, you know, way to go. Um, that was a really interesting take. It really was. So kudos to the writers and directors for showing us that side of things, you know. So when they're inside, there's a terminal. Uh, of course there is. Star Wars is famous for the terminal that you have to get to to do the rest of your job. This is a heist flick. Of course there's a terminal. So, Mayville can't go because one of his former commanding officers might recognize his face. And he doesn't have his helmet on. Din Djarin is at this point now feeling desperate. He's got to go get his kid. It's no longer the child, it's his child. That's that was emotional. That was that was a, a heartstring tugger right there that started to lead into what he's gonna say later. But it's win at all costs at this point. He's gotta get this done. He must find where Gideon is at. He he lines up to the terminal, and the trick to the terminal is it has to see your face. It has to scan you in. 
as a person that is going to get this info. It it cannot simply go off of helmet. And he tries to do it with his helmet. So he takes his helmet off. We get to see his face. Pedro Pascal is right there. Um, very much like season one, there's it feels like like this is this one time that's so crucial and so important that he has to show his face. And they did that's a clever way to do it. To to you have to get your face scanned in order to get the info that you want. So here's that choice again that I talked about in other other episodes. He has to choose what is truly in his heart and what's important or what the rhetoric and the propaganda and the teachings of his cultist sect is is saying to him. He chooses his heart because he's got to find his kid, takes the helmet off. This leads to an interaction with the superior. The superior officer is in the room and comes and has words with him. Now, Din, being a Mandalorian, he doesn't know anything about Imperial protocol. So, Having Mayfield there uh, is is another plus besides just his workings and his ability to pull information out of an Imperial computer. It's also him knowing the protocol of Imperial hierarchy in the service, in their army. Saves the day. You know, he really does save the day. And as a former Imperial, that still plays into the motif of this is a Stormtrooper episode. So, uh... This superior officer forces them to have a drink with him and they get talking about Operation Cinder. That's a deep cut. Cinder is a deep cut. Um, talking about burning it down, you know, burning it to the ground. And they were they were burning Imperial worlds too, I believe, in Operation Cinder. And so this was like unthinkable. It was almost genocidal. Mayfeld is like, he's asking, he start, you, you can feel it start welling up in him. He's having that crisis of conscience right here, right now, in the middle of the heist. And it could blow up in their faces. It could quite literally blow up in their faces, his moment of conscience. This is a guy who just got out of prison. This is a guy who was serving a long sentence. This is a criminal. And you can see him start to show this emotion and have this this crisis of conscience that basically will end up saving him. Save his life, save his soul, who knows, but it will end up saving him. The officer was played very well. This dude was kind of nasty. And, and he was basically all the way in. He was hook, line, and sinker, brainwashed all the way down for this cause that we know to be an evil cause. And he's laughing it off, smirking it off, explaining it away to say it's the Empire. We are order in the galaxy. And all these rebels will come crawling back when they know they messed up. Like the ego on the Empire is what caused the Empire to fall. A a cool moment that sets up Mayfeld for what he's going to do, which is shoot the superior officer in the middle of this heist. Oh, no. But then... You find out that while the moment was a bit selfish, while the moment was heartfelt and it started to get at some deeper scarring of those who were pulled and dragged into this war and not necessarily volunteering for this war, it served that purpose. But I think it was even more magnanimous 
in the sense that Mando had to take his helmet off. And whether they were friends or not, Mayfeld knew that this was a big tenet of Din Djarin's life, of his creed. And I think he just did him a solid by saying, and he even says so, they have to shoot everybody else in that room that witnessed what just happened. Which means they have to shoot everybody else in the room that just witnessed him take his helmet off. Mayfield picks up his helmet, hands it to him and says, you had to do what you had to do. Nobody saw your face. And he turns his own head away while Din Djarin puts his helmet back on. That's what the homies do when you're in trouble. They look out for you. They have your back. They keep your confidences and your secrets. Nobody has to know what Din had to do to get this information to go save his kid. This is a mini redemption arc for Mayfeld right inside this pocket episode, this act that I call it. This is just act two of the three-act play that is the finale. So, with the heartfelt moment over, let's get the hell out of here. So they dip. It's time to go. You know, all bets are off. Time to shoot our way out of this. You knew it was coming. Uh, they climb out on the ledge. They get going. Um, enter Boba Fett. He's doing his part now. They get there. Cardoon and Fennec Shan have their rifles. And they're going to lay down cover fire while the guys escape. I thought that was really cool. Again, as a heist, everybody has their part. Everybody has their role to play. And so I really dig how um, they were working together in concert. You know, this is a crew now. Ragtag though it might be, this is a crew and they are very capable. So Finnick and, and Kara are getting them off, uh, getting everybody off their backs. They're making their way to the roof so uh, Boba can come pick them up. Slave One fires up. Loving the sounds of Slave One. It's so good. It's so iconic. Mmm, it's juicy. Slave One catches them on the roof, picks them up. Um, and then we see that Mayfeld was indeed an Imperial sharpshooter. He takes out canisters of this fuel and, and of a power source on the roof deck as they're flying away from 200 yards. He pegs them, boom, blows up the rooftop of this building, allowing them a pretty clean getaway. And everybody's really shocked and kind of not openly congratulatory, but they're they're kind of like, huh. So he does have some skills. And you, you see, you know, Finnick and Carr actually have that conversation. But they're not out of there yet. Here comes the best part. Literally the best part. Anyone that has seen Slave 1 in the prequels, when Django was flying uh, and they were uh, trying to elude Obi-Wan in the asteroid field, knows what's coming. They start making for the, not the horizon, they're actually going straight up. So they're trying to get out of there. TIE fighters are on their tail. And uh, Boba does some evasive maneuvers. And then he lets one go. As soon as they showed the back and showed the little chute opening, I start freaking out. And <laughs> it's the best sound. Bwang. It just starts cutting through ties. And it makes this ring of of uh, 
of light and, and explosive. Uh, and it makes this ring of explosion that uh, is, sits behind him right where... Ah, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love that blast. I love that bomb that he drops. Um, that's fan service. That's fan service in the best possible way. We're all sitting here wishing and hoping, and they're not hitting us over the head with it. And right when we think the episode is over, uh, here comes that sound that you like so much. <laughs> oh, we've got you. That pretty pretty much brings it to a close. They let uh, Mayfield go. They let him. Uh, he's earned his way, I suppose. He's a petty criminal. That's what they're saying, you know. And he, he did a solid. And it's like, get out of here before we change our mind, you know. So that was cool. That was really cool. Episode was really good. Oh, and then the finishing touch to it all. Mando hollows in directly to Din Djarin's ship because he downloaded the information on a fob. So he's got the jump drive. He contacts directly. And he gives Moff Gideon in the player move of the century... He gives Moff Gideon the same speech that he gave to Mando when they were assaulting the town on Navarro. He says, you have something in your possession that belongs to me. It, it is very important. You have no idea how important it is to me. Uh, that was dope. That gave me chills. That was real dope. In all, this was a compact episode. It was short. Uh, it was to the point. But not because it was a singular episode. To me, it was shortened to the point because it was the heist. It was act two in a three-act play. And uh, it did its job to bridge us from the emotional beginning and setup to what will be, I think, a no-holds-bar finale. I think that uh, we're going to see Bo-Katan. We might see Ahsoka. We're definitely going to see Moff Gideon. The crew is with him. Kara, Finnick, Boba, the crew is with Din Djarin and they're, they're playing their roles. There was no argument in this episode. There was no conflict amongst the crew. And so that ran smoothly. I think there might be conflict if uh, Bo-Katan shows up. Then there, there's definitely going to be conflict amongst the Mandalorians. But while they have a common enemy, I think they're going to be pretty damn dangerous. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah. Appreciate you rocking with me. You know we'll be back. Um, I thought about doing some news because a lot of Marvel and a lot of uh, Star Wars news came down yesterday from the Disney investor. Um, I'll see. Let me know in the comments. I'll see if I if I go that route. It'll It'll give me more content. Give me some things to talk about, and I love all that stuff. I watch it anyway. Shouts out to Rex and Around. Definitely shouts out to Kessel Run Transmissions. I watch those guys every single time. I love their reaction videos and their information. Um, maybe one day I can be on their show. Hit me up, Kessel Run. Hit me up. Well, Rex and Around, Michael, you guys already know I want to be on your show. So call me. All right. Have a good one. Peace.